0: season's going to end on a double doink. Oh,
1: the goodness. Philadelphia Eagles okay. are Super
0: Bowl okay. champions. Oh. Eagles fans oh. everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on hey.
1: And your host... Brendan Deeg and Eric it's Warner.
0: Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of Double Dung Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. That would be greatly appreciated. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Whatever you can do. It's greatly appreciated. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Eric Warner is with us. Warren Z, how are you doing today?
1: Not bad, not bad. Uh, Rainy today, but I'm happy it's raining today because we got a round of golf tomorrow. So if it's rain today and sunshine tomorrow, I'm, I'm happy with that.
0: So you beat me last weekend. We had a two one two scramble match and we are we are tamed uh, we are teamed up again No, not teamed up again. We're playing each other again this weekend and I am determined
1: to kick your ass. Yeah, you I'm one and over against you. So <laughs> yeah. you gotta you gotta try and come and get the title. Yep, it's coming this weekend. I'm uh I, I'm doing some like I'm gonna do some
0: like meditation today, you know, get in the form, <laughs> get ready for a big round at Dells. Um we're looking forward to that. Um, but before we jump into it, Z, we gotta start here. We got to start. We have a big announcement. Are you ready for us to get a little drum roll? The Double Doink Podcast is now officially sponsored by Cool Bet Canada. Let's go! We're here. We've done it. We're very excited. We Eric and I have used Cool Bet for at least the past, I believe, like six months. Personally, Um, this is a brand that we like. We enjoy. They're the best sports book around. So we're very happy to be sponsored by them. Cool Bet. Is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use deposit code Doink for a 100% welcome bonus of up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code Doink, D-O-I-N-K, Doink, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's at CoolBet Canada. Cool bet, stay cool and bet responsibly. And if you have any questions regarding this, don't hesitate to reach out to Eric and I, we will help you out. So let's jump into, uh, let's jump into the sporting real. This has been a crazy last couple of days. I felt overwhelmed last night. I I I felt like I needed three TVs on.
1: Yeah, no, seriously, (laughs) like there couldn't be a better time for us to give out this cool bet code right now. There's sports on every day, all day right now due to the Euro cup, like you got games, nine, 12, 3 PM. And they're all great, great games to watch.
0: Awesome action. I've been loving it.
1: Yeah. You got the U S open this weekend. Um, people, maybe somebody who has never, never gambled on sports. Um, I would highly recommend trying out two ball. It is the, my new favorite thing to gamble on. You pick a golfer in the morning. Track is round. It's, it's so entertaining and this uh this us open shaping up uh, it's a pretty good leaderboard
0: yeah i actually think golf has become one of my favorite sports to bet on like it's like it's like getting a number two spot behind football like i've been loving it that much
1: yeah you just pick a guy and you track him all day and every yeah. shot matters you're like oh i need a need a birdie here on 18 to finish your parlay it's it's, it's exciting
0: yeah, I want to talk about the basketballs a little bit too. It's been it's been chaos. I watched I watched up from second quarter to the fourth quarter of that Nets um, the Nets Bucks game game five, and I'm gonna this is a hot take, but I think the performance Kevin Durant put on in that game was probably the best performance I've seen by an athlete in a very long time. He was absolutely lights out from start to finish. Again, I only watched from the second quarter on, but from what I saw, this guy was dialed in. They, they, lost, uh, they lost game six, so we got game seven coming in that series. So excited for that. I can't wait to watch game seven. Is that Saturday night? I believe so. Yeah, Saturday night. Um, and then you got six Hawks How about that 26-point choke by the 76ers? Philly Twitter yeah. was heated.
1: Yeah, I mean, Philly Twitter in the best of times <laughs> isn't very nice, but yeah. Ben Simmons has now missed four. 40 free throws this playoffs. Like, 40 free throws for one guy. That, like, that's... That's,
0: that's, that's, it's like, I can't even believe that's that. He's missed more
1: free throws than other teams (laughs) have in the playoffs. Oh, my God. If you're the Hawks, if you're the Hawks, you're, you're down 26. You're staring, oh, we're down 3-1 in this series. You're almost checked out at that point. But to pull off that comeback, they, they... They must have so much life and energy that I I kind of like the Hawks going forward. Here. Yeah, they got it's, all the um, momentum in the world.
0: Yeah, this this seems like I, I'm not like I, just from my past like you know sports it almost seems like the Sixers are probably going to lay an egg in Game Six. Like I, I'm not hate to say it, Philly really fans, but it just seems like it's going that route. Looking at Ben Simmons' stats here, he he went two for four from the field
1: in Game Five, but two for four. Yeah. Like he for shot four times who, For a guy who gets to the rim with ease. He went four for fourteen from the free throw line. <sighs> it's, it's almost it's gotta be mental at this point. Where yeah, you just, the rim probably looks like the size of a golf cup, like for yeah. this guy right now. It's it's gotta be mental. Nine for twenty-seven from the free throw line
0: since game three. That is spectacular. That's a spectacular stat. I, I can't even believe that's a real that's, stat. Like, that, that's
1: that's, that's worse up. than Shaq. <laughs> yeah,
0: like this is crazy. What do you do with Ben Simmons? Okay, if you're, let's say they lose game six, okay, they go down, they go down in kind of the fashion we that we, we both think they're probably going to lose 10, 20 points. Let's say they, they're done. What do you do? Like, do you, you got to trade Ben Simmons, right? Like, that's the way to go, in oh. my opinion.
1: I don't know. It's so hard for me because I I was beating the drum that I thought Ben Simmons deserved defensive player of the year this year. Oh, he 100% and did. That was a snub. Yeah, that was a snub. So for me, I mean, playoffs are pretty much everything, right? So mm-hmm. if he's not getting it done in the playoffs, I understand the people who would want to push him out. But I think you got to take a step back and look and a 6'10 guy who can guard any position on the floor is extremely valuable. You're mm-hmm. you're not going to win a trade where you're giving away Ben Simmons, in my opinion, just because of that defensive versatility. Um, so what? I I would still I would keep Ben Simmons personally.
0: What? Do you, okay, what if there is a trade that you could possibly like? Package Ben Simmons with maybe a first, like two firsts, and you can go get Damian Lillard or something like that. I got, I'm just spitballing here, but I agree with your point. Yeah. Like, you, if you trade Ben Simmons, you're probably 90% of the time going to lose the trade just because he's probably the best player. But, like, what if you can go yeah. get a guy like Damian Lillard? Like, I think that's the only guy I would go and get. Yeah. And he's probably the only guy that's open on the market that would be willing that you would be willing to give up a, a Ben Simmons-like player for?
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, um, for their offense, Embiid draws so much attention down low, rightfully so, he probably want to surround a guy like him with shooters. So mm-hmm. you almost got to decide, are we building around Embiid or Simmons? Because I, I don't think the two of them are working together. So either go with Embiid and shooters around him, or go with Simmons and an all defense type lineup I I don't know they're they're kind of stuck and for me I'm enjoying this because the whole trust the process thing. I absolutely hated because they they learned how to lose like they these That's guys true. when they were young when they're coming into the league they said hey losing is okay and from a franchise philosophy, I hated that, so I never want to see the Sixers win personally. But I, I don't know what they do to get better. Person, yeah, they, they're in, they're in tough this offseason. They, they better, they're more and doc better
0: hope that they, they kind of win the next two games and go on. I think, I think they're like the best team there too. It's crazy, like it's nuts that they're in this situation. In my opinion, I, I think they're, they they should be good enough to at least beat Atlanta and then go on and then play the Nets. Probably yeah, we're probably thinking the next win game seven, but we'll see. Anyways, tons of exciting stuff coming up in basketball. Um US
1: Open. Do you got anyone you're kinda eyeing on? You think's gonna win this? Um, uh, you- I'm having you- a oh I'm having a tough go so far. <laughs> my day one was pretty bad. I'm gonna uh wait. I I didn't do anything today. I'm hoping one or one or two of my guys can get back in the mix, but um, I might be taking the weekend off of the US Open. My day one was that bad. Yeah, I and like we are in that pool. I got Zalatoris and
0: Garrick Kigo. Garrick They're both uh, both blowing up. So and but I got Louis Ustesen on my squad. Did, but
1: if those two guys were that bad, yeah, it's always it's not going to work. It's always easy to <laughs> always easy to root for Louis. I wouldn't mind yeah, seeing him win. Exactly, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, all right, before we get into some
0: NFL talk, well, I guess this is some NFL talk. I got some bad. I got a bad take for you. I saw on Twitter today. Well, I, I tweeted one. Um, uh, the Eagles one that the guy said that he, he thinks Jalen Hurts is getting better here than Josh Allen, awful take there. Uh, you can check that on my on Twitter. I just sent it to you, Warren. That was an awful one. Here's a good one for you. We're, we're, in, that, we're in that just bad, bad takeoff season part of the year, like that June to end of July time. Here's one for you. This is by Andrew Filipino at Pittsburgh93.7 90, The Fan. He tweets, could Dwayne Haskins be the next Brett Favre? From bust with the team, then that drafted him to a Super Bowl MVP and Hall of Famer. It's possible. How about that one? What? (laughs) (laughs) That actually came out of a verified guy's Twitter
1: account. Oh my god! I couldn't believe (laughs) Wayne Haskins got another job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: Brett Favre. What the hell is this? Oh,
1: yeah. Anyways, I thought I had to
0: share that one with you.
1: That's brutal. Like, (laughs) I mean, the thing on Dwayne Haskins was he just didn't want to work like yeah. so how how could Dwayne Haskins become a hall of famer with no work ethic right? <laughs>
0: yeah like it's not like he's starting guy going into year in Pittsburgh like he's got to work his way up it's it makes no sense I do uh, Pittsburgh yeah, fans that's it's delusional. Take. Yeah, awful take um anyways well I'll be keeping my eye on keeping my eye on some more bad takes because we're in that we're in that part of the offseason so I love seeing that I the awful takes. All right. So me and Warren Z today, what we have done is we have taken each two teams that we think have improved the most this offseason, And we have one team that we think did not improve. So the worst improved team, um, this offseason. That not one. I think is harder to judge, but I think I got a solid one on my end. Um, I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to go with the, the, the teams that have improved the most. I think, um, the most improved team is here's the LA chargers. In my opinion. Um, I think they did a hell of a job this year, this off season. Um. Let's start on um, the center position, getting Corey Lindsley, number one ranked center in PFF. Just a solid guy to have with Justin Herbert. I called that on the show back and during free agency. I said that was the right place to go. They did that. Getting Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel in the draft in one, pick one and pick two, hell of a job doing that. Sitting at pick 13 and getting Rashawn Slater, your tackle of future, just just unreal. Just great, great work in the draft there. Then they end up signing two interior offensive lineman guys, Oday Abushi and Matt Filer, who should be able to step right in and help that interior of the offensive line out. And then the big one, Brandon Staley coming in, man. Like hiring Brandon Staley was such a good move. He was my favorite coach on the market. He was the guy that I wanted the Eagles to hire. Um, I think this team Warren is on like is on run watch. Like they they can make a run next year. You got Justin Herbert going into his second year. You always see quarterbacks take that jump. He was already so good in year one. It's going to be interesting to see how much better he gets in year two. I think the Chargers are probably the most are probably the most improved team this year, and I'm on the bandwagon. And I feel like we've a lot of people jump on the LA Chargers bandwagon almost every year, and then injuries hit them. They've been like the most just devastated team by injuries every year in and year out. So they need to stay healthy. But I think this is a solid roster. And in a division like with the Chiefs, like maybe they can push for them, but I think they're definitely a wild card team next year.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, getting Rashawn Slater at 13 is an absolute joke. I right? know it's it's crazy. I can't
0: believe he made it there. And like I love it too, because why the hell did the Dallas Cowboys not take him? Like it made yeah. no sense, like it was why stupid. Didn't,
1: why didn't the Panthers take him? Yeah, like, I
0: agree. Yeah, I couldn't
1: believe funny. I couldn't believe that he fell to 13. That was an absolute steal. And I they also signed Corey Lindsley and I love that the front office didn't just say okay, we addressed the offensive line with Lindsley, that's it. We then they even used a first round pick on Slater. They even then got the depth guys on the interior that you mentioned. Like Mm -hmm. they knew their weakness was the offensive line and they put their resources into it. That was smart move, especially when you have a young quarterback. So like I I agree, I love the Chargers offseason. Who you got next? A team that i think really improved was the minnesota vikings um i think if you ask mike zimmer actually i think he has been pretty open about it that 2020 vikings defense was probably the worst mike zimmer has ever had as a coach um and the biggest weakness was their run defense they ranked 30th in the league in dvoa against the run and they knew they were getting the monstrous 340 pound run stuffer michael pierce back from the opt-out list but I love that they that they, did, they didn't stop with just that. They went out and they got Sheldon Richardson and Dalvin Tomlinson as well. This team might go from 30th in DVOA run defense to first. Like they absolutely addressed a position of need. And on top of that, that D-line is also welcoming back Danielle Hunter, um, who didn't play last year. So their D-line just got a complete boost. And then if you look at their secondary, they started the season really slowly. Um, but they got better as they went along which is to be expected from a young cornerback group but i loved how they signed a veteran patrick peterson to compliment young guys like cam dancer and jeff gladney getting a veteran with 10 plus years of experience around those young cornerbacks i love that move and on offense they didn't really need to do very much i liked uh i liked how they traded down nine spots in the draft and still landed christian dare who should start right away at left tackle for them, and this isn't for this year. But I like the Kellen Mond pick uh, at yep. in the third round. It'll if he develops this season, it allows them to potentially move on from Cousins' massive contract. Which, as much as I love the Vikings, I don't think that they can win the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins making thirty million dollars. It just it's too difficult. Um, so I think that once they move on from Kirk Cousins and go with a cheaper option at quarterback, I like where this team's heading.
0: Yeah, this is a team like I, I was looking up the DVOA stats yesterday. They were eighth in offensive DVOA last year. Like they were, it was the run defense that was clearly the problem. You said they were 30th in run defense DVOA. And this was like an over, I I, I hate to say the word, overcorrection, but they went at it. Like they knew what the problem was and they addressed it. So hats off to them for that. Um i uh i've always been of the theory that kirk cousins gets too much hate i always i think he's a solid quarterback i've he's stats proof he's a top 10 quarterback over the last four or five years he he is just if you don't have if you don't want to believe it that's your problem but i think he's good enough to carry this team to the playoffs and then you like stuff happens in playoffs right you get lucky you get a bounce here or there you get a good defense like shit happens in the playoffs so in my opinion i think a kirk cousins led team can make it Super Bowl. Can they win it? I don't know. Like again, stuff happens, but you brought up the Kelmon pick. I think that they are planning on using Kelly Mon next year and Kirk Cousins is probably walking, right? Like that probably makes the most sense. So I I like mon This is a guy that I've talked about on this podcast. I've talked about on Twitter, who I was a big fan of. Getting him in the third round, in my opinion, was a steal as well. So I'm excited to see the future of this team.
1: Yeah. All right. Who's next? You got all right. I got the New York
0: Football Jets. Actually, that's the New York football Giants, right? They're not the yeah. football Jets. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> I got the New York Jets as my uh, as my second most improved team this year. Um, and I'm going to start with free, at the free agency, um, what they did there. They signed two guys that I love. Corey Davis, they brought him in. Um, and I think it's important to kind of bring up how good Corey Davis was last year. There were 83 receivers last year with a minimum of 70 targets, or at least had 70 targets last year. Corey Davis ranked fourth in yards per run of those 83 receivers. That is spectacular. Bringing him in, he's still young. He still got talent. He was a first-round draft pick. Important to point out, he was a fifth overall pick, right? Fifth overall pick. Like, you getting a guy like that for agency? Crazy, in my opinion. He can step right in and be a solid number two receiver. And then they signed a guy named Carl Lawson, who was tied for fourth in the NFL in pressures last year, if you can believe it. Only behind guys, and he was ahead of guys like Shaq Bear and Leonard Williams. It's like he was—he was so—he was, so, was so good. He was so solid. Flew under the radar. They signed those two guys. Love that. And then you bring it to the draft. Like, And then they also signed Keenan Coleman for agency, too. He could be like a third or fourth receiver. He's, in my opinion, he's a little underrated. He kind of flew under the radar in Jacksonville. Then you got Michael Carter, uh, drafting him as a running back. He's awesome. You, you drafted Elijah Bear Tucker. You trade up to get him. He's awesome. You brought in Robert Sala as a head coach. He's awesome. And I, I think he's a guy that can change the entire dynamic of that franchise just by stepping foot in the door. He's got that raw-raw mentality. And he's he seems like he's perfect fit for the New York Jets as a coach. And then I don't, I'm not forgetting this. They also drafted Zach Wilson, second overall, a guy that I really liked watching. I thought his arm strength was awesome. He's just a fun player to watch. If he hits, I think he can be one of the most exciting players in the league. I know they're still young. I know there's still probably question marks on this roster. I don't know if they're going to step in and be a playoff team, but I think they're going to take a big jump. And being a very bad team, like, they were awful. Like, they were a very bad team. Like, they had the second overall pick. And just being able to get into that middle echelon of teams, in my opinion, is a big jump. I really like what the Jets have done this offseason.
1: Sorry, I was on mute there. My bad. That's going to save you there. Yeah. Sorry. Um <laughs> no I, I agree. I like what the Jets have done as well. Um the big thing for me was Salah. Um bringing him in just as a culture change. Like Adam Gase was such a joke and they needed to bring in a guy like Salah who's that no-nonsense type. It almost reminds me of do you remember when the the Raptors were an absolute joke? Like a laughingstock of the league. They brought in Dwayne Casey and he just set that culture of defense first toughness. You have to play hard if you're going to play for me. And Salah kind of brings that same, that same template to me. So as nice as Zach Wilson is getting him number two overall, that's great. But for me, the biggest thing that needed to change with the jets was the culture and Salah for me definitely does that.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think Brian Staley, Like Brian Staley and Robert Sala were probably my two favorite coaches on the market, and these two teams gobbled them up. I, uh, I I'm really looking like it's weird. Like I'm looking forward to watching New York Jets play football. I haven't been able to say that for a long time. So, um, all right, give me. Yeah, you your I
1: actually, am looking forward to watching the Jets. Yeah, they're gonna be exciting. Like they, to they, say, yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. They got they've got excitement on that roster. Um, all right, give me your second best approved team.
1: All right, another team that I think really improved this offseason is the Cleveland Browns. Um, They're running their offense back, which is basically the right call. They finished ninth in DVOA. But if you remember, um, there was a four-week stretch last year where they were basically playing in a hurricane every single game for four weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. They had that crazy stretch of weather, right? yeah, Yeah, they they're It really hurt their offensive numbers. So to finish ninth in DVOA with that four-week stretch, I think that speaks to how good that offense was and bringing it back is the right call. Um, But they're getting a boost with OBJ being healthy. Hopefully um, he should be ready to go for week one. I believe his injury was early enough in the season where it won't affect him this season. So basically they're running their offense back but getting a healthy OBJ. I like that. Um, But the defense is where this team needed to improve. Um, They were 25th in overall DVOA last year. And I really like the moves they made to improve this unit. John Johnson was the big fish that they signed in free agency. Last year, he was third-ranked safety, according to PFF. And at only 25 years old, I didn't mind the big payday. Um, I'm not a big Jadavion Clowney guy. I think he's really overrated. He's never had a double-digit sack season but last year was embarrassing for him. He should be extremely motivated this year, and will have a ton of one-on-ones versus with Miles Garrett on the other side. So he should be getting one-on-ones. And I feel like the book with Jadavion Clowney is he needs to be motivated. And if he's not motivated after how last year went, I don't know. I don't know what to do with the guy. So I'm expecting a bounce-back year from Clowney. And in their secondary, the cornerbacks just need to get healthy. Denzel Ward is an elite corner, went on the field. Mm -hmm. And Greedy Williams missed all of last year. So they need that duo to be on the field and playing. And a sneaky signing that I liked was Troy Hill. He's a solid slot corner. He should help the depth of that secondary. So I think that their defense really improved, which is why I have uh, the Browns as a a team that got better this offseason.
0: And they got uh, Grant Delpitz coming back. Right, another to,
1: guy in the secondary who didn't. Yeah, play that was a guy.
0: Year. That was a guy that we both liked last year into the draft. In the draft, um, talking on this podcast, John Johnson. You mentioned mentioned his name. He was one of my favorite free on the market. Third rank safety in PFF and third rank cover safety in PFF. Like he was, he was solid. He was as he flew under the radar as good as it gets. And he said Troy Hill. You get two guys from number one defense in the NFL last year in the LA Rams. Bring them in and, and slot them in on your roster. You mentioned Jadavion Clowney um he, again you you I, I I don't think he's like he's gonna ever hit that ceiling that people think he he had the potential to but he can't be as bad as he was last year right I think exactly. there's there's another gear there like there's a middle ground um there that he should that'll be able to get to and he'll just just that name and that presence will take away from my like take away the pressure on Miles Garrett um I think Miles Garrett's offensive player of the year next year in my opinion I think he's ready for a like a is going to launch like he's going to have a breakout year three straight years of double digit sacks um he was third in the nfl last year in pass rush win rate he's he's ready to kind of break out he just needs to kind of stay healthy um I, i'm i'm with you the browns and chargers those are the two bandwagons that i'm i'm all for this year. i think both the teams can make some noise in the afc all right so the team that i think didn't improve the most or got worse this year it, this is a tough one because like it's hard to kind of like it's hard to like see what happened with with teams like this early um on, on this side like see if they got worse it's, it's easier to see if teams improved it's hard to see how much teams got worse but i do think there's one that did stand out for me and i see it's the las vegas raiders i think the las vegas raiders had a bad offseason um they were las vegas raiders las vegas raiders as a team last year were 10th in the nfl in past stretch win rate or past block win rate sorry so their offensive line was top 10 and then what they did, they go out and they and they carve it up. They, they they get rid of three starting offensive linemen. They draft Alec Leatherwood at 17th overall, which, like, come on. That's a reach. No one had him there. No one – John Gruden and Mike Mayoff were the only guys in the NFL that would have, would have taken him 17th overall. And it seems like they're always looking to – they always think they're smarter than – the smartest guy in the room. They always think they're smarter than everyone else with these draft picks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, taking clean, clean Farrell with the fourth overall pick, like, what the hell is that? Like, I just, in my opinion, I feel like they just, they get in their own heads sometimes. Like, don't, like, your offensive line is top 10. Don't, don't get rid of it. That's not your problem. Your problem's on defense. Don't, don't, it's not like playing whack-a-mole. Let's, let's, like, uh, let's continue to, like, get rid of the, the thing that worked for us and then try to improve the thing that didn't. Like, you're, you're going to be constantly in this just circle. Uh, I, uh, I'm not a fan of what they did. This obviously season doing that. And, like, they didn't improve much. Um, who's the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, they. Sorry, Yannick Gawkway. They signed him. Didn't I actually like that contract? But besides that, like they didn't really do much on the defensive side of the ball. Now you're looking for Henry Ruggs as well to be a number one wide receiver. You lost Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar was easily their best wide receiver last year. You're looking for Henry Ruggs to step up. He's kind of been like bust potential going into next year. He's got a ton of pressure on his shoulders. They didn't do enough to solidify that position. I don't know. I, I don't have a good feeling with Las Vegas Raiders going into 2021
1: i i completely agree i they had a formula last year and it was run the football be physical with that massive offensive line and they just broke it down like i i didn't think that they needed to and yeah i i completely agree i don't know where they go with Derek carr it i hate when teams are kind of openly saying like hey yeah we're look we could look at upgrading the quarterback position while their quarterback's still there like Mm -hmm. how does that make their car feel like this offseason that oh there's rumors they're in on Aaron Rodgers and oh if Deshaun Watson was available they'd be in and all this stuff and it's like well you might not get those guys so you are basically just saying to your starting quarterback we don't think you're good enough And his protection got worse, so I yeah, and I don't,
0: and I don't think Derek Carr is the problem there too. Like I think he's fine. Like if if you're going to invest a bunch of like they're if they're, and I guarantee you this is going to happen after this year. They're probably going to have an off year, and they're going to go trade Derek Carr. They're going to try to they're going to trade a bunch of first round picks for a new quarterback. Bookmark this. I'm not going to come back to this. Next year, I guarantee that's what's going to happen. They're going to end up trading a bunch of draft picks for an Aaron Rodgers or some type of quarterback like that. John Gruden's going to convince the front office that that's what needs to be done, and that's not what needs to be done. They need to they solidify the defense better. Like it's defense is so flaky. It's and you're able to get it better with small improvements, small scheme adjustments, little little inserts here I and mean, there. You don't need to blow everything up all the time. It's they're a frustrating organization right now. Yeah.
1: A guy that I really am uh, going to be focusing on this team this year is uh, Colin Cullen Farrell. Yeah, um, he was drafted. In, I don't think it was fair to him that he got drafted in that spot. I think it was it was a reach. But this year he's now going to be paired with Yannick Nagakwe, so he has a running mate. So this is kind of the year. If he doesn't produce this year, it kind of is like okay, he's a bust. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be watching him closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on to my team that I think did not improve and probably took a step back, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Um, this is a team that had an elite O line last year. Um, if you said that I think the Packers had the best O line last year, I would I probably wouldn't argue with you. However, they cut Rick Wagner right tackled because of financial implications, they lost Corey Lindsley and Lane Taylor in free agency. David Bakhtiari tore his ACL late in the year. I doubt that he's going to be ready for Week One. So they took a huge step back from the O line, and they didn't sign anybody. No. Like they, they did not. I don't know if I'm reading this wrong. I looked it up on a couple of websites. They're all saying the same thing. The Green Bay Packers did not sign one free agent. They re-signed like, Aaron. Really, Dahl- they,
0: they didn't sign one.
1: Yeah, they re-signed Aaron Jones and Kevin King, but they did not add one player in free agency that was not on their roster last year. And this is a team that has a glaring hole at defensive tackle, glaring hole at second wide receiver, glaring hole at linebacker, and they just they didn't do anything. Okay? That's,
0: That's crazy. Well, yeah, hey, like, guess... The type of tackle is a huge hole, in my opinion, and second it's wide receiver. a
1: huge hole. Yeah. But for years now, it's been a huge hole, and they just didn't address the position. Um, they drafted some offensive linemen. I actually really liked their pick in the second round. They got a center, Josh Myers out of Ohio State, who uh he was the center for Justin Fields. So mm-hmm. um, but I like that pick. But other than that, like they didn't really do anything to address their offensive line and their glaring holes. And then, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers might be leaving. Like on eh. <laughs> <laughs> <This laughs> top of all that, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> I I hate ripping on them because I'm a Bears fan and like it's clear I'm biased and I don't like the Packers. But this team definitely got worse, hundred percent. And I, I,
0: yeah, who knows what happens to Aaron Rodgers right now? Like, if he's not the starting quarterback, they one hundred percent of the team that got worse this offseason. Um, what's your what's your feel on this? I know we we talked a little bit last week, but uh, like, who's where is Aaron Rodgers taking a snap next year? Is he taking a snap week
1: one? And if so, what team is it? Oh, it's such a difficult question to answer. Um, the fact that he's forfeited, I think, half a million dollars so far by not showing up to camp makes me think he's in. Like, he's dug his boots in the ground and mm-hmm. he's made so much money, and he can make so much money in other routes other than football. Like, for example, he's doing this golf match. He's been on Jeopardy. Did I, you see his shirt? It said like I'm offended or something like that. And it was yeah. like the owner came out. Like they're playing mine they're playing games with each other. I like think soap opera. I don't think I'm starting to lean towards him just sitting out and taking a year off. Yeah, and he can. Like, I, I don't think I, – I think he's healthy.
0: He still, in my opinion, got five years of solid football left, like, at the minimum. Like, I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. The age at the quarterback position just isn't the same as it used to be, right? Like, you can – the way they don't get hit anymore, right? It's not like back in the day where you're getting cranked, like, a bunch of times, like, you're and you're getting hurt. Um, he, He's still got the arm strength. He's still got the mobility. He, he's still got years left. And I, I think mm, he's, that them, he's them. willing – Yeah, exactly. I think he's willing to take a year off, so – definitely uh definitely story to watch all right top
1: five sorry one second before we get to the top five i just gotta let you know today's episode is brought to you by manscaped our go-to for men's below the waist grooming products manscaped new product alert baby here we go it's time to stop drop and order this brand new shaving kit that they just launched introducing the ultra smooth package a specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff protect and smooth your most sensitive areas Step one, crop exfoliator infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. The crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Step two, crop gel. See where you're shaving with our unique shell shaving gel just for the groin. With our four essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. And step three, it's time to shave the crop shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades include extra wide lubricating strips and pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code doink at manscaped.com. Yeah and so if you, if you out, fellas. if you uh if you need a last minute Father's Day gift, hey Manscaped,
0: you know? Yeah. And you'll ask me to get for anything, Manscaped. So um give it a shot. Products are awesome there. All right. Top five of the week. We got we're going our top five favorite NFL games as a fan. So the games that we enjoyed the most watching. Um all five of Minor Eagles games, right now that I have. <laughs> Um, I, I have a couple, I have a couple uh um a couple that didn't make a list that I want to throw out there. My favorite Super Bowl was probably the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl back in 09. Um mm-hmm. I wonder that one didn't make the list. I love that Super Bowl. It was like so back and forth. Um the uh the James Harrison at the end of the remember before the end of the half with the when he when he intercepted that ball and ran it all the way back. Um that like that that Super Bowl, in my opinion, was one of my favorites to watch. Um Uh the LA. Remember the LA Rams, Kansas City Chiefs regular season game a couple years ago. Yeah, it was a Monday nighter. Yeah, that Monday game. That game was freaking wild. I remember watching that one. Um, that that was a that was like to like remember like the like past few years that one came to mind. But um, unfortunately for listeners, all five minor Eagles games. What about you? How many of yours are Bears games?
1: Um, well, Bears don't have as many great memories as the (laughs) Eagles do. So (laughs) only two two okay. bears games made my list and i'll actually i'll start it off with my number five was the 2007 super bowl the bears lost so that's why yeah. it's not higher on my list but it was my birthday and i remember devin hester returning the opening kickoff i went insane I, <laughs> even though the bears lost the game that's probably the best bears highlight of my life yeah i remember i was on the way to my
0: super bowl party I was a kid, and I still remember we were, we were driving on the way, and we heard on the radio, and, like, we, we we missed the first play of the game. We thought, like, we were late, and that happened. Yeah,
1: that was uh, – a that team, like, it's so crazy
0: to think that Rex Grossman led a, a team to the Super Bowl. It's wild. Literally. Yeah. And I <laughs> want to
1: give a shout-out to uh, one of the more underrated players of that generation was Thomas Jones. Um mm-hmm. saw a tweet where I think it w- there was a eight-year period – um, in the early two thousands, where the only player with more yards than him was Ladainian Tomlinson, he was he was that good and that consistent for a long stretch with the Bears and then the New York Jets. Yeah, I remember him as a Jet. I don't really remember him as a Bear. Yeah, he was sick. <laughs> That's unreal. All
0: right, my fifth, my my uh, fifth favorite game. I'm gonna go way back. I, this is one of the games I slightly remember from that uh from the 04 season. I was nine years old, but I do remember week one. We played the New York Giants. We beat them 31 17. And this was Trell Owens' first game as an Eagle, the first regular season game, his first preseason game. He had an opening play as an Eagle. I put it on my Twitter not too long ago. I remember that one too um, as a kid. I remember just that Trell Owens hype. That's what kind of stuck me to this team. Trell Owens went for eight catches for three touchdowns. And I think it was about 70 yards or something like that. Um, and I just remember that game. Like it was just dominance. I remember just the like just the aura of that team it was like we had the super bowl aspirations and i just it felt i felt something and that's honestly that's the year that clung me to the eagles and the my earliest memories eagles was i was oh two it was that interception um i was like seven that was like the first year my dad showed me football and then um can't remember who were god i can't remember who returned the the pick six against eagles in 2002 but um yeah that uh th- that oh four that week one oh four game i remember i was like just giddy as a kid excitement i remember watching my living room um that was kind of my, my first like whoa the eagles are are good and i'm a fan of this team kind of moment nice yeah
1: Uh, my number four this one's pretty personal um and this backstory i actually have to give my dad a shout out for this one because it was Me and him, we do a playoff pool every year. At this point, we were splitting the pool. And the way the pool works is you pick who wins and by how many. And the Denver Broncos were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Tim Tebow was the quarterback, all active (laughs) underdog. And my dad was so adamant, we're going Broncos by six. Broncos by six. I thought it was absolutely crazy. But he was so adamant, he vetoed it. We went Broncos by six. Tim Tebow hits Demarius Thomas in overtime scores a touchdown broncos win by six and basically that was the pick that won us the playoff pool <laughs> <Very exciting. laughs> i love it uh, so uh, we were i'm pretty sure we we're the only people in the pool that picked the broncos to win that game and and uh, you got it by six right no it by by six, yeah that's crazy. So wow that was uh that was the start that uh got us the playoff pool win so that game will always be memorable for me wow that's a good story. Yeah, that game was wild.
0: That's Tim Tebow's highlight. That's his claim to fame in the NFL. Mm. It's so wild that they he even led a team. That was like was that the divisional game that they beat the Steelers and then they go uh, on the first
1: Oh, this was a wild card, wild
0: card. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's a that's a highlight there. All right, my number four favorite game as an NFL fan. I'm going with the Monday Night Massacre. Um, everyone remembers this game. Andy Reid called the play action pass to open the game. Michael Vick to Sean Jackson, probably one of the best throws in NFL history. Michael Vick just launching like a 70 yard bomb to start the game. And then the Eagles go on to beat them. To Washington Redskins, 59 28 on Monday Night Football. Michael Vick puts on the best fantasy performance I think in NFL history. I think he had the most fantasy points ever in that game. If you were playing against them that week on Monday Night Football, you had if you had the lead, you're up by twenty points. Going into Monday Night Football and your fantasy matchup, Michael Vick ripped that away from you. He went twenty for twenty eight for three hundred thirty three yards, four touchdowns, um, six total touchdowns, two on the ground. That game was nuts. Like it was just an absolute shit kicking. They just beat them. They just poked them. And my dad, I remember when my dad's a Washington Redskins fan. He went to bed at halftime. He couldn't believe his eyes. It was like yeah, I mean, the disgust on my dad's face. I remember watching that game. Um, yeah, that, that game was, that awesome. was an absolute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: my third favorite game would be the first NFL game I went to. You were in attendance as well. Bills versus Broncos. Um, it was a game when LaShawn McCoy was stretching during the national anthem. Yeah, People I freaked out. Um, Vaughn Miller at the end of the game went to give Tyrod Taylor the help up and then did the fake out, got the 15 yard penalty, which yeah. sealed the win for the Bills. Um, I just remember the Bills coming into that game were like four point underdogs and then first NFL game to be introduced to Bills Mafia. I'll never forget that. Like it was such yep. a great day and i was i was happy the bills won that i remember just like the just the yeah like just
0: the, the tension in that in that stadium because that was when donald trump came out of course and rep the nfl players were taking a knee during the anthem and then just like the detention in the building when mm-hmm. moshaw mccoy took an knee. it was like i've never seen a, a just an atmosphere like that that's a good pick um all right so my third favorite game um i'm going miracle at the meadowlands number two um, the Sean Jackson's punt return touchdown to uh, beat the New York Giants with with no time left on the clock. I so the Eagles lose that game, Washington clinches a playoff spot. My dad was absolutely beaking me, he was convinced the Eagles were done, Washington was going on in the playoffs, and then Michael Vick led probably the best comeback in NFL history. Um, just some of the best quarterback play I've ever seen, Michael Vick, Michael Vick, which like is in general best quarterback play I've ever seen. Um, some of the best, not the best, but some of the best quarterback play I've ever seen in that game. Michael Vick, like taking just putting the Eagles on his freaking back, carrying them, tying the ball game. And a shout out for the onside kick as well. David Akers has the onside kick caught by Riley Cooper. Um, that was an underrated part of that game. And then Deshaun Jackson, just the punt return. I have I have a picture of Omar Gaither's block um uh, he he has a huge block everyone who's seen the play remembers it i have a picture in my room of that play um just one of the best it's it's i think nfl network did like a top like regular season games of all time i think that one won it it was just it was it was unreal it was i I still can't believe it happened it's it's like it's one of my, my favorite regular season game and nothing comes close to it
1: that was bananas yeah um, my number two uh, game you actually already mentioned it. It was the two thousand and nine Super Bowl Steelers. okay versus so it made your list interesting. yeah, oh, that, that made you incredible. I, I love that football game, yeah. um, and I think the reason why it was so entertaining was for me, I kind of went into it with low expectations. I was like, mm. ah, I'm not I don't really like the Steelers, uh ah, the Cardinals. Like, I like Larry Fitz, but I just didn't have like high expectations for the game, and then the game was amazing. So mm. um, I'll never forget that Super Bowl. Um, I kind of wish the Cardinals won, looking back on it. I wish my boy Kurt Warner got uh, got another ring, and I uh, Larry Fitzgerald will always be one of my favorite players. It's too bad he's probably looks like he's going to retire without a ring. I wish he got one. So that's the only downside of it. But it was an amazing game. Probably my favorite Super Bowl ever. So it's funny about that game is the, like the NFC Championship. The Eagles played the Cardinals
0: and they lost. And that that performance that Larry Fitzgerald put on the NFC Championship game against the Eagles was like he literally single handedly beat us. And that Eagles team, that 08 Eagles team, will always have like a soft spot in my my heart. I always thought that team deserved the Super Bowl. They were red hot. If they beat the Cardinals, in my opinion, they beat the Steelers. I know it's crazy talk, but just that whole playoffs, like that was that was my that if you didn't love if you were on the edge. Of liking football at that time, and you were watching those playoff run. You were an NFL fan, hundred percent, right after. Like that, that was some exciting football. Um, that 08 Eagles team too. I'll, again, always have a soft spot in my heart for them. All right, number two. Now it's tough. You probably know what number one is. I wanted I, to. Put I wonder. I wanted Yeah, I wanted to put number two as one because I loved this game so much. But and it's a Championship game, 2017, Eagles hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Eagles went 38 to 7 Nick Foles puts on just some of the best I talk with Michael Vick um how good his quarterback play was some of the the quarterback play that uh Nick Foles had in the NFC championship game was some like just it's hard to even fathom that he was able to do that um the Eagles just they weren't down seven nothing early from a Kyle Rudolph touchdown then they were driving down again then Patrick Robinson's pick six brings it back to the house you could hear I could hear Lincoln Financial Field from my basement in Ajax, Ontario. Like it the state i mean, You never heard a louder stadium in your life. Falls 26 to 33 for 352 yards and three touchdowns. Just it was clinical that game. The Eagles could have beat anyone back. They were not losing that football game. They could have beat anyone on earth. Um I uh, that game it just it was the most fun I've had watching a football game. Yeah, and I, I was slightly remember you dripping. Yeah, you were dead wrong. I was I like, uh, you were heavy had, on the Vikings. I remember that.
1: I had a big bet on the Vikings. <laughs> I thought that they were gonna attack <laughs> Nick Foles, and I'll give. I gotta just give Nick credit. That you had the tweet this week. um Best one of the best throws in NFL history when he threw yeah. that dime off the flea flicker to Torrey yeah. Smith. Tory Smith even gave you the old yeah. Uh, Tory
0: Smith showed I like, give me uh, a lot of lot of nonsense
1: on Twitter, but this one is straight facts. I love it. Yeah, that, that was, was really um, cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, that throw was just perfect. So oh, Eagles on the money. absolutely proved me wrong. That game. yeah. All right, Warren, give me your favorite football game of all time. Um, my favorite football game of all time is a game that nobody probably even remembers. It was a random week in 2019. Bears were playing the Bills made the trip down to Buffalo. Okay, yeah. And Nate Peterman was starting for the build. <laughs> so I think you guys know how the game ended up. Yeah. But early in the game, I'll never forget, there had to be a group of 10 to 15 guys in two to three rows behind me just giving it to me, relentless, just chirping me. They were all over my acne. They were chirping me like crazy. <laughs> they were telling my girlfriend she needed a nose job. Like, it was just getting, it was getting out of control. And then... Nate Peterman fires a pick six and we're sitting in the end zone and the bears are running towards us for the pick six. And I just remember turning around, flipping the bird at these guys <laughs> just yes, going yes. nuts. And then those guys ended up leaving in the <laughs> second quarter. Cause the bears were up. I think the bears were up 28, nothing at the end of one. That's how bad Nate Peterman played that day. But just being at the bears bills or being at the bills game, it's so much better I'll definitely never go to a Bills game again and cheer for the other team, but I can't wait to go <laughs> back to go back and just be a part of Bills Mafia for another day.
0: Yeah, I I actually remember watching the game home because my parents were at that game. They made the trip to Buffalo, so mm-hmm. I actually I remember watching on TV and, and Peterman just uh, just should not have been out there. Should not have been on the field. Um, no. That was that was a terrible terrible game for Bills fans. Yeah, that was a, that's a good one. All right, my favorite one doesn't need any explanation. Obviously, Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl game would just. Just, I, I still think about how crazy that run was. It, it baffles me that it actually happened. Nick Foles again puts on the performance of a lifetime, just beating the Patriots after 13 years previous to that. Tom Brady, Bill Belchick beat the 04 Eagles as heavy underdogs. Then 13 years later, going on and beating the same head coach in quarterback duo as the underdog as well. No one believed that they could do it. Just i don't need it i don't need to get into it i'll, I'll start crying <laughs> and i cried that was a like i cried at, on your shoulder when they won i remember pacing in your basement during the last drive when they sacked. when brandon graham had that sack i remember that's when it clicked i'm like holy shit, they're gonna win the super bowl i remember i went in your basement by myself and i was like pacing i'm like i can't believe this is happening i i, I couldn't even watch anymore when jake ellie hit the field goal and make it 48. um I, uh, or yeah, sorry. When they went up by eight points, Jake Kelly had hit that field goal. I couldn't, I couldn't even watch it. That was insanity. Anyways, thanks so much oh, yeah. for tuning in guys. That was a, uh, that was a great top five. We'll be back with you next week. Again, check out manscaped and check out cool bet as well. One, again, 100% deposit bonus when you sign up for cool bet. And we'll talk to you later.